1: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year, this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
2: What's going on Packers fans? Welcome into another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I have, of course am your co-host Matt Frelick alongside me once again, Eli Berkovitz. Eli, another week of training camp down. This morning, this afternoon, this evening, assuming that's Saturday, uh, August 5th, we have not a preseason game. We had that on Thursday night with the Hall of Fame game. Uh, definitely pulled at the heartstrings, I think, of all fa- all Packers fans with uh, Cobb and uh, Aaron Rodgers embracing as they used to do for the national anthem. But on Saturday, we get Packers family night, which, for better or for worse, uh, is at least some sort of normality towards a NFL season having once attended family night, not really my cup of tea. Uh, however, I think it's great to be in the atmosphere. If you're able to go financial reasons, if you have a bunch of kids or even just, you know, not in a situation where you can go to games, great taste to get into Lambeau field, but definitely more kid oriented. We got to get into some uh, news that's going around the team. Obviously there's a couple transactions that are, are one, I would say that impacted the Packers this off season. A couple injury news and notes, and then definitely either we want to get into where you can watch the game because you and I kind of did some scouring here on the interwebs figuring out where people can watch the game if they're not within the tri-state area, we'll call it, uh, with their bunny ears or whatnot. And then um, yeah, just kind of a preview of Family Night as we get into guess more Packer stuff and what you can at least take from it. So Eli, first and foremost, want to get through generally setting the stage when we do a episode for pack a day into the season if you guys remember last year maybe even the year before eli myself and janelle will do like an injury breakdown going into uh that's when the you know the injury report comes out on friday so friday afternoon all three of us are in the dm on twitter just waiting for it to be released normally it's about 3 three thirty, 30 but we're trying to get that you know record as soon as we can so we can get to our weekend but um in in light of that i want to get into just some of the injuries that we're still seeing with the packers eli um Nothing really has changed all that much. Obviously, we know Rayshon Gary, Eric Stokes have still been held out. It seems like from everything I've heard, and maybe you'll agree with me, that there's been a lot of progress with, I would say, where everyone feels like those guys are at right now, which is good. No no setbacks, maybe like we saw last year with uh, David Bar- Bakhtiari and other injuries we've seen along the way. So that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Grant du- Grant DuBose, man, still out with that back injury. Like That's super disappointing for him. Um, really, really shitty for him not to get in the mix at receiver. We did get to see Duntavian Wicks come back after he wanted to uh, assumably, I think it's still concussion protocol, um, uh, from last week when he, you know, had a little run in with Enos Gaines over the middle in the, uh, the non-padded practices. He actually got back to practice on Thursday. So good for him to get in the mix at the receiver from a young guy. And then one that we did kind of monitor through the week, Josiah Degora on Tuesday, fell out of practice, um, and he was held out then on Thursday with a calf injury. I might be misremembering this. I feel like Josiah DeGuarra might have had a calf injury in the past over the last couple of seasons, but nonetheless, nothing too crazy as far as injury goes. There might be some that are not reported because everything that I know, they don't have to report those to the league right now. You can go on the team website. There's no one on an injury report. You kind of do got to do some digging over the last couple of weeks, either on Twitter or just some like injury report status updates. Um, So that's kind of a wrap for injury. So overall, I would say not too bad thus far for, you know, two full weeks in and half of that being um, a semi padded practice.
3: As much as we all want to see guys progressing in training camp, making, you know, big plays, whatever it is going to be, I think the most important thing that kind of goes without being said is, you know, the health and everyone's staying healthy. And that is for the most part, been the case, which is really good. It is a shame for sure about Grand Dubose because seventh round pick, obviously, I mean this is his chance to really show something to try to make this team. And I actually really did like him, even again as a seventh round pick, but he he played at a smaller school. So that is kind of why he had less perceived value. But at that school he was making some pretty crazy plays and consistently being really helpful for that offense. So I hope he gets back soon. And, again, you know, most importantly, this continues. People stay healthy. And then as we finally get the pads going now, we're going to be having some joint practices this week. Preseason game, we're going to start to really get into, you know, the thick of things, as I say.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Um, Shout out to the Charlotte 49ers. That's probably the only time you'll ever hear me say shout out. Niners, um, or Grant Turbose went to school. But hopefully he can get back and get into some sort of progression. You kind of mentioned, too, in I. Uh, you know, I was going to leave this at the end of the episode, but I think it makes sense to bring it up now since you referenced it their schedule coming up. So, Obviously, uh, Saturday the 5th, 7.30 p.m. is family night. Um, they obviously have off on Sunday. Monday was the first practice now that has had an altera- alterated? alternative time frame. Um, instead of being at 10.30 for the last six practices, this one's actually going to be at 12.30 not sure the thought process behind there. I think it probably has to do with the way this week is set up because they don't have any practice from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that being the 8th, 9th, and 10th. And then they are traveling, assumably Wednesday or Thursday, to Cincinnati for their 6 p.m. game in versus the Bengals, which will be the first preseason game on Friday the 11th. So, um, and then the following week, joint practice, like you mentioned, TBD on all those times. There'll be just a, a, a normal, if you will, quote-unquote, practice on the 14th. And then the 16th and 17th, that Wednesday, Thursday, leading up to the preseason game versus the Patriots, joint practices there. So I'm pretty stoked. Trying to get to definitely one of those. I think I'm going to do the 17th. Uh, schedule dependent. Might have some things shaken up my personal life. I might be able to get to both, but we shall see. So, Eli, hey, fi-
3: go ahead. Just to be clear, you said they weren't practicing next week, what, they're Monday only on the
2: seventh. They're only on Monday. So right so, now, as it sits, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they,
3: no practice. Is that no practice in Green Bay? Because I mean, aren't they doing the joint practices with the Bengals those days? Ooh. I mean, right. I mean, they would have to be practicing with them before the game, and they are doing joint practices. So I would have to. See, imagine. I
2: thought the joint practice were only with the Patriots. See, this is a learning learning thing for everyone. Let me pull it up. Right, here thing, so. I,
3: maybe I'm wrong. I feel like I saw. Because Goody made some comments today, and LaFleur made some comments about basically over the next two weeks, they're going to have two games and two different sets of joint practices.
2: You're right. I just – I'm surprised it's not on this list here. This is actually from Packers.com, too. Um, But no, you're absolutely correct. They're going to have joint practices versus the Bengals, too. So, like, back-to-back weeks. And I would say – the difference between both of these teams, you know, the Bengals and Patriots one, I would say Bengals are on the upswing of their current ten-year or five-year plan. Patriots a little bit, maybe a middle, if not dipping just slightly below that, unfortunately for Packers fans or whomever, um, or more or less Bengals fans, screw the Packer fans. Uh, Joe Burrow still with that calf injury, but talent wise, Bengals are a really solid team. I think the talent for the Patriots is a little bit less than what the Bengals have. And then, but you're still dealing with Bill Belichick. So, Great call it on your part. I'm looking up here as far as those joint practice dates from the link I found. It doesn't have which days they're doing that. My guess would be probably Wednesday, Thursday, and make Tuesday a travel day. Um, Current plans for the Packers to practice in Green Bay on Tuesday and fly to Cincinnati later that night. Shout out PackersWire.com and Zach Cruz uh, posting this from a while ago. So we got that all figured out. I appreciate it. So we, it would be crazy. that's why I was looking at this. I'm like, it'd be crazy for them to have three days off of no practice. It doesn't take that far to travel to Cincinnati, especially with modern technology. Um, for the last, I would call it housekeeping, Eli Mercedes Lewis is actually signing yeah. to a team. Jeez. Unfortunately, it is the Chicago Bears one year deal, two million dollars. Joins his boy Bobby Tanyan, as well as Luke Getsey, who is the offensive coordinator down there. You know, it's kind of you know, <laughs> him. I would say Mercedes Lewis was the one player at this point through the year where I was like, oh, he probably already signed with the Jets, or he officially retired, or he's back. It's just nothing had happened. Um, Smart on him to you know wait until what is his nineteenth season, eighteenth season to sign a, a a deal. The last week or first week in August to avoid some of that wear and tear through training camp, OTAs, mini camp, etc. But Kind of just another jab after last night being Thursday night watching, you know, Cobb and Lazard and Malik Taylor and uh, Tim Boyle and Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. And you see now it's like, OK, now another guy's gone. Uh, presumably, I think it's a fair assumption to be like, hey, what the hell? Why would you not bring this vet guy back? Uh, and honestly, anything we've heard out of camp has been, hey, we need some better blocking. Uh, Musgrave struggled yeah. with blocking. Kraft's been up and down. The Guar's battle and injury, Tyler Davis, presumably is your best blocker, which is laughable. Um, you would think he would have brought been brought in, brought back in. I look actually before we started recording, and I mentioned this as we were doing our, our prep sheet, that uh he was actually he being Bren Goonkuntz was actually asked today why, you know, with the signing of or presumable signing of Mercedes Lewis to the Bears, why he was not brought back. He simply said, in you know, a lack of a drawn out answer um from this snippet here was that he just didn't bring him back because it would have taken away snaps from the rookie draft picks accurate assessment brian i think that's fair however you might have been able to move on from a guy like tyler davis keep those two keep to and then still have mercedes lewis still have your four-man rotation so for two million dollars it seems like you could have done that maybe it's a combination of a couple things trying to just get the team younger overall uh, Mercedes Lewis was kind of an Aaron Rodgers dude. If you remember from that thing, that piece that came up from the athletic, he had kind of recruited him to come to green Bay, um, almost two decades ago yeah. and or a decade and a half ago, a decade ago, whatever it was. And then the third caveat, I would say just like, you know, now that we're getting away from the Aaron Rodgers era, Matt Lefleur's offense is going to be heav- heavily utilized more. And maybe Mercedes doesn't just work out in that they want more H back type guys receiving roles, but it sucks. I'm not, I'm not happy about it because you love Mercedes in the locker room.
3: Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, I mean, I kind of gave up any hope or expectation that the Packers might bring him back. But if he ended up on the Jets or maybe, I don't know, went to finish his career with the Jaguars or just retired, whatever, you know, uh, respect him, love Mercedes, all that uh, would have been a great career. See him go to the Bears, obviously, it, you know, it sucks. It's kind of it makes it a lot harder. But in terms of You know, not bringing him back versus bringing him back. Like, on paper, like, definitely it makes sense to say, you got Musgrave, you got Kraft. DeGuire is still pretty young, even though realistically he's a fullback. Maybe we don't need to bring back a 39 year old tight end, but you bring up the blocking, and that obviously matters. Also, you got to think about, like, we said with the floor's offense, but within the floor's offense, is we're expecting them to run the ball a ton. And having Marseilles Lewis out there blocking for those runs. That's big. And because I also just, when it comes to Goody's comments about the snaps, I don't know. Because obviously, yes, Musgrave and Kraft are going to have to learn how to block and get better at blocking. But I don't think Luke Musgrave and Mercedes Lewis are taking the same snaps in the same kind of role for the same thing that's needed. So I don't know if that logic really tracks for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of agree with you. Like, again, I'm not, like, overly pissed off. That I didn't bring him back at this point. Like, I get it but I think everyone is kind of in the same boat that Tyler Davis still being on this team is a mystery unlike any other. So why not? Why not have Mercedes Lewis be the fourth tight end? Basically you're going to block. Maybe you'll catch two to five passes throughout the year near the end zone and whatever, and have that veteran leader. I wouldn't have minded it. Now he goes to the bears, makes it a little bit more, you know, a little bit tougher that we didn't bring him back, but I wish him the best as long as that, you know, results in about a two or three win season, but he can have a good individual year.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, interesting that he would just continue his career, go to a different city and, you know, I guess continue playing clearly. He still has the passion for it. That's awesome. Like you mentioned, interesting that it took this long that he signed with the Bears instead of, I don't know, coming back to the Packers for a one-year deal, signing with the Jigs on a one-day deal to retire there. But ultimately, Kind of strange that uh, the the uh, the Bears end up with two former tight ends for the Packers. So that's enough for about the news and notes. Let's get into family night a little bit more, Eli. And I, I'm going to kind of just get on my soapbox a little bit how I would, if I'm a Packers fan and I've watched it in the stadium, on TV, how I would be approaching it this year. I think it's tough to really take away a ton of real tangible Um, performance things. I think there's sometimes where they're calling plays dead a little bit too quickly. The big things that I'm looking at are, are, you know, one would just being guys that are getting in rotations. And there's a couple that we'll go through here that I'm kind of interested in, in, but just a suggestion overall. Um, It can be really difficult to pay attention to what's going on in training in that um, family night broadcast, because there's really no scoreboard and if there is, it's very minimal and it's weighted to one side because it's, you know, I think it's uh, the white jerseys versus the green jerseys. So that's like one's like mostly offense, mostly defense, I think they've, you know, Matt LaFleur mentioned they might switch it up a little bit this year. have some, you know, a little tongue and cheeky set of the media on Thursday about they might have some tricks up their sleeve, something to that regard. Um, but I would say it's really it can be difficult to pay attention when they're doing the the side cutaways. we will be talking to, you know, certain people on the sidelines. And it can get a little bit discombobulated. So do your best to pay attention as much as possible. I would say just try to look for certain players that are getting in and who's getting more of the looks. Um, that'd be my one suggestion. And then we'll mention this a couple of times throughout the broadcast or the recording. If you aren't in the tri-state area and by the tri-state area, I mean, basically outside of the broadcast networks of Green Bay, Milwaukee, Wausau, Madison, La Crosse, Eau Claire, And then outside of that would be like Duluth, Superior, Escanaba, Marquette, little parts of Iowa, apparently Sioux Falls, South Dakota and Alaska are going to get the broadcast on their NBC affiliates. I believe it's all NBC affiliates. If you can't get that, which I believe two thirds of this general podcast uh, recording being Eli and Janelle would fall outside of that, you can go to NBC.com slash live. That's nbc.com slash live. And you will be able to watch the entire broadcast of the game. So if you can't find it, go ahead and do it that way. I remember I was going through back through some old tweets from last year, Eli. There was um someone that ended up live streaming it. You might be able to find it on TikTok. Who knows? Um, I don't think TikTok live streaming was as big as it was last year. I don't think YouTube's going to have an option for you. Maybe NBC26 does a live stream there, but I've, ultimately... You should be able to go to NBC26.com slash live, and it should have a live broadcast of the um, family night. You might be a couple minutes behind someone like myself that's going to get it off bunny ears or, you know, in town. But overall, um, that would be the one way to do it. So outside of that, Eli, how many family nights maybe have you attended, watched on TV? What what are kind of your ways to approach family night, albeit almost like a, a dumbed-down preseason game?
3: Yeah, so I have not had the chance to attend it in person yet. It is definitely something I hope to do at some point. But until now, kind of like what you said, I mean, you know, until the last couple of years, I feel like, you know, five years ago, whatever, there really wasn't a way to find any way of watching it. True. Maybe you saw some clips. But then, yeah, the last couple of years, you know, maybe you find a Twitter live stream, like you mentioned with, you know, how popular TikTok is now. You might be better off looking there for a live stream. Um, yeah, whether it's clips, live, I always just try to dig around and find anything I can. And worst case scenario, if you cannot find any way to watch it, I would say, you know, I don't know if Andy will be there, but I'm sure there are going to be people who are very involved in Packers Twitter that will be there, that will be live tweeting it. So, you know, maybe go to their page, turn on notifications, kind of like uh, what you might have been doing during training camp practice. So At least that's what I have been doing. So, like you said, it's, you know, it's it's a practice at the end of the day, but in Green Bay, when you have a practice selling out an entire stadium and the entire city showing up, it's a, it feels a bit more than that. So it's definitely something worth keeping an eye on, and I'm very much looking forward to it.
2: Absolutely. Um, any And I have a couple of my own, and I didn't really... I didn't share share this, nor did our executive producer share this before the show, Eli. But I have kind of some of my things I want to look at during training, or you know, tomorrow. I think there's about five or six of them. Some are somewhat of a joke. Some are serious. But anything in particular like that you're looking for tomorrow when you're watching or listening to live, you know, listening to live tweets, reading live tweets? Anything in particular that you're trying to just like kind uh, of have your eyes and ears to?
3: I mean, maybe it's not all that exciting, but I think for me, it's just going to be seeing the rookies in their first close to somewhat live action. I want to see Jaden Reed, you know, full speed going because all the reports out of camp is that, you know, his speed is just different and it's something that I'm really excited about. I want to see Luke Musgrave, you know, ripping down the seam at, you know, six, six and ripping down a ball. That would be great. You know, The two of them, obviously there's Tucker Kraft, but Lucas Van Ness, you know, it would be great to see him blow up a couple plays. I just want to see these rookies that I have really high hopes for and high expectations for, and finally get to see them. Of course, you know, there's plenty other to look out for, but there these will be the first time we're seeing any of these guys, at least in close to full game speed.
2: Yeah, no, it's great. I think nothing I know from watching Jaden Reed at practice a week and some change ago. Yeah, he looks a little bit different than I expected him to in a very positive way. And it seems like off of my, you know, small window gazing of just being one day there, uh, it sounds like that's been a common theme, the way his speed is, it, is developing. And I think he's really putting himself in a position um, to compete for the number three spot with him and Samari Toure. Um, to kind of parlay off of your rookie one, I definitely want to see what um, Lucas Van Ness can do because he's kind of, I would say, skyrocketed since the first training camp. He started with the threes, got to the twos, was doing some rotation with the ones as we finished up this week. So I think that's awesome to see how he will get involved in going up against some better competition or just like overall more of a, a gameplay. Um and I think just in conjunction with that, now that they've gotten rid of them we kind of didn't go over this, but like now that Darius Hamilton's off the team, now that um Jonathan Garvin was let go on his birthday, that's unfortunate from last week, but just to see how they still use Justin Hollins and Igbari, how those three get into the rotation, I think I'm really interested in. Um, and then just like, I think the main one from this week or two main things from this week, I would say on Packers Twitter, Eli, have been, um, number one, what does the old line rotation look like? It seemed pretty consistent for the first week. This week, got a little hairy. Sean Ryan got in there. We're moving Zach Tom to center at some point because Josh Myers was banged up. They signed Cole Schneider. It's, it's, I'm interested to see what the O line, their starting O line looks like because I think it goes, you know, from left to right. I think it goes 69, 74, 71, 76, and then 50. I'm interested to see what other combinations they come up with because just getting that quote unquote best five out there is interesting. And the one that I'm actually the most, most, uh, concerned about and just I think it's going to be, they're going to get a lot of opportunities would be the special teams usually in these types of things and specifically Anders Carlson. Like that is the one yeah. 16 to 27, I believe was what the last I saw uh for training camp. Not great. Not not ideal. I think uh you know I'm no math major, but I'll quickly stall some time here as I do the math. In college, I want to say he was like a 76 or 74% um field goal kicker, 71. I think it was like 74. At this point, um being 16 to 27 is going to get him – I actually just off math, I think it's below 70%. Yeah, it's 60%. I it's
3: like 59% or something. Yeah,
2: not great. So let's see what the hell Anders Carlson can do. We know he's got a big leg. We've come to find that out, um, and that's confirmed. But that's actually something I'm kind of curious to see how he develops. And without any – essentially, he has no competition. He should get yeah. a lot of opportunity for them to kick extra points or field goals.
3: Yeah, I, I didn't – really expect that we were i mean i knew he'd probably come up but i did this randomly because i am also concerned about carlson i posted a poll on twitter about an hour ago asking uh if basically what's your what everyone's thoughts are if they're okay with him or they want to see some competition brought in again we're only an hour in but 67 percent of almost 500 votes say that he needs some competition and i would agree with that i mean I get it, he's a rookie and you spent, at least for a kicker, a semi high draft pick on him. But and like, yeah, okay, his brother is good on the Raiders and he really struggled on the Vikings and he turned it around. Like, okay, what do you do? But I don't like you can't have a kicker kicking barely sixty percent or under sixty percent in the NFL. Like I don't care what his deal is or that he's like a young guy or a nice guy, it really doesn't matter. It's kicking is going to especially in a team like this. Where it's going to be competitive, where and it could easily end up crossing them games. And who knows in a weak NFC, if this team ends up getting close to competing for a playoff spot, it would be a real shame if that doesn't happen because of a couple of bad missed kicks by a rookie kicker. So, and then Goody basically saying today, Well, he's a rookie, so we kind of expect there to be some like struggles. <laughs> what does that even mean? No, there shouldn't be like you don't just say, Oh, okay, well. You're only 20 years old, so I guess you could miss, you know, four out of every 10 kicks, and we're just going to be cool with it because we're a young team. I don't care. It's kicker. Deal with it. You need to have one that you can rely upon that's at least at 70%, and that's not even all that great. I mean, when Mason Crosby had that off year, I think he was at about 64%, and every Packer fan was ready to jump off and lose their mind, bottom line. It was bad. So imagine even worse, 5% worse than what Mason was that year. It's unacceptable. So either Carlson needs to step it up or they should bring in a kicker, whether it's a veteran, another young guy, whatever. But this guy can't sit there and practice every day, miss half his kicks, and be like, well, it doesn't matter because no one's coming for my job. That's not cool.
2: No, no doubt. And I think, yeah, like from what Goody said, yeah, it's like, dude, I get there's going to be a rookie – Troubles and, you know, trials and tribulations, but damn, like you need a guy to be a little bit more consistent. He hasn't even really presumably gotten better based off of some of the um, percentages I've seen from day over day weeks. I think it's actually kind of interesting. You mentioned just the, I I just retweeted your poll. I didn't see it on my timeline before that. Shout out the new X algorithm, I'm sure. But um, yeah, still at 67%. I've also voted. He needs some competition. Great thing. I was listening to on game on Wisconsin this week. Lombardi's Bar. The boys, uh, Jimmy, Dan, Jasmine, and uh, Todd. Todd mentions, like, man, even at Mason Crosby's peak, and even that time that year, year and a half, where he, like you mentioned, he had some struggles. They were still bringing guys in to compete. That's the part that's kind of crazy to me. Like, why would you not bring another guy in to compete for that position? Because it's it, it can be a very volatile, hot and cold, you know, hot hand type situation where you get the yips. Maybe you can't kick anymore. Saw that with Cade York on Thursday night. He's been an up and down kicker for them for years for the Browns, and he's trying to still figure it out. Like, it's, I I think there should just be another guy brought in, and hopefully he gets better throughout this offseason. It's only going to get more difficult, though, because now you're going to be in Lambeau Field. There's a little bit more pressure there. It's family night, yada, yada, yada. But then you're going to go, you know, to Cincinnati. You're going to be kicking, you know, versus the Patriots at home, then with like a, you know, more complete say. It's not going to get any easier as it goes along. And then the elements, get brought in as we get into um, late fall, early winter for the Packers. I would say the other things I'm looking at, Eli, uh, safety rotation. It's kind of seemed like it's been a mixed bag. Who's been up next Darnell Savage, which I'm totally comfortable with. Um, Rudy Ford, Owens, Levitt, etc. have been getting some opportunities. And then the one other one um, on a more serious note is the third down running back. I've been a huge Tyler Goodson fan since he was at Iowa. Love that the Packers were able to acquire him last year in the, Draft or UDFA, I think it was the draft. Um, so that's great, but you know, Patrick Taylor's been a stud there, big running back. You know, Lou Nichols, if he could catch the damn ball more consistently, he'd be probably more of a lock for that third spot. And there's you know, Eric Wilson, I think is the other one, or Wilson, whoever's the other guy. Um, he's trying to make an opportunity. So I'm interested to see who can get some reps tomorrow because or today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, because you would assume like you know, it's not a preseason game where no one's, I don't think everyone sits out, maybe they do. Um, but regardless, whether it's zero snaps for AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, it's going to be closer to like limited snaps, if anything. They're not going to be playing a ton of snaps. So, I want to see who could then get that third, third, uh, running back role. And Eli, what the people come for on family night, throwing into the damn nets. That's what the people want to see. How Literally. far. 40 feet away, 40 yards away. Can you throw that ball into that? Maybe Danny Etling's the guy. Maybe Sean Clifford. Maybe USFL legend, Alex Magoo. We have no idea, but that gets the people going, as they say. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. I don't know if there's anything else that you uh, agree with me or anything that's maybe another position group that I omitted that we should be uh, putting more attention to come Saturday evening.
3: Uh, No, I think we basically covered it. I would say... Just keep an eye on Devontae Wyatt and TJ Slayton. They've had a really good start to camp and two really, really important players for this Packers defense because as we all know, behind Kenny Clark, there's really no proven entity in the inside of this line. Devontae Wyatt was a high draft pick. We need him to play like it. Not that he didn't as a rookie in the limited time he played, but you know, and also he's not a young, he's not a young second year player. He's like twenty-six, so not a lot of time like to wait around. He needs to step up and Slayton who I've arguably been seeing even better reviews out of camp of. So, you know, he could be that guy. At least one of them needs to step up. It would be great if both. So keep an eye out.
2: No doubt. I think, and I think uh, defense line seems like one of the easier ones to watch during an NFL game practice, whatever. So yeah, I think that's definitely good to call and maybe something that hasn't been touched on because it's so damn obvious that it doesn't need anyone to waste a breath on it, but it's, it's interesting to observe how small in comparison to the other interior D lineman, Kenny Clark is um, yeah. whether that's by actual stature or attributes. It's wild. You look at a guy, you know, when he's standing next to, you mentioned Wyatt Slayton, um, Jonathan Ford, he just looks so damn small. Cause he's not that big, but that just has what kind of has made him so good across the D line. But yeah, let's see if there's another guy that can contribute there. Cause that would be great. But outside of that, man, like, If you guys aren't able to watch it in person or on TV, like we said, go to NBC26.com slash live. If it comes to a point and for some reason that website's not working, the stream is not right, feel free to reach out to me. I'll hopefully be able to find something for you guys. You can DM me um, at Matt underscore Frey underscore on Twitter. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Look for a live stream somewhere. I've seen them in the past, Eli, on like Facebook Lives. People have them. If you just like scroll through, you can find them once a while. But maybe someone have one on Twitch. Who knows? But if you need some help and you can't find one, feel free to reach out to me. I'm always loving to give people some links to stuff, uh, whether it be you know Red Zone UFC match. We got that on Saturday night. Uh, Boxing, I should say, Diaz versus uh, Paul. But overall, guys, enjoy family. I think it'll be good to get. Any news and notes related to Family Night and the Packers, of course, if you haven't already followed Packaday Podcast on Twitter, please do so. Go over to YouTube, that little app on your phone, um, and go follow us also there, subscribe, rate, review. Andy's putting out a video every single damn day, which is one of the my favorite things on you know, the morning when I'm getting into work and getting set up is just listen to that and a little in the background, get some updates for maybe something I'm, I missed on Twitter the day before, reaffirming what he's seeing at practice, but that's definitely a great spot if you're more of a video enthusiast, but also just a different perspective because you're getting Andy Herman's side of things from the Packaday podcast, the Podfather, if you will. Um, and of course, if you haven't already subscribed rated, reviewed Packaday on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, whatever. Please do so. I think Andy put a plug out there. I think it was like on Tuesday or Monday. Maybe it was on the uh the happy hour he's doing now, Eli, but one of his recent videos, he had talked about, and rarely does he do this. Um so a couple people had some I would say nasty is a nice way to say it. Um reviews. I think it was on Spotify or iTunes, basically just like unrelated to what we do at Packaday and like It was just weird. They're like one stars. It kind of brought our rating down. Not a huge deal. We have hundreds of ratings of things out there. But um, if you go leave a five-star review, that would help counteract it because for some people like to troll. It's funny. Internet can do that. I think Eli and I like to troll a little bit as well. But go ahead and review us over there. But um, Eli, where can everyone get all your content you're putting out right now? And uh, let everyone know, I guess, what do you got going on?
3: Yeah. So... As always, really, to find any of my content, the best spot will be on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. You can find my writing over at PackerReport.com. And I should be doing some live stream, like Q&A, training camp kind of stuff over the next few weeks over on, again, my Twitter page, Book of Eli underscore NFL. So if you're into that, keep an eye out. And I will obviously keep everyone posted when that's going to be happening.
2: No doubt. Good stuff. Eli, the next time we're going to chat, we're not only going to have a Packers game, albeit preseason that has been played, but we're going to get to see some guys on the field. And that would be post uh, Bengals game next Friday, the 11th, in Paul Brown Stadium.
3: Yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward.
2: But for uh, Eli Berkovitz, I am Matt Fralick. You guys take care. Be well. Enjoy Family Net, however you're able to digest it. And as always, go pack yeah, Go bro.